My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Decepticons, transform and rise up! Calling Autobots! Calling Autobots! This is a battle protocol! Robots with emotions. Robots who can die. Hey guys, welcome back to Transformers Tuesdays, the Transformers show where we talk about Transformers all the time, every time. Hey, what's up guys? This this is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and joining me tonight on the call are two, count them, two of my fellow 35th anniversary fan holes. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight. Hey, it's Michael. Freedom fighter or fish food? This is Justin, and I am the really for reals last survivor of Windthone. Spare me this mockery of justice! So yeah, so we're here. We're here to discuss Transformers the movie, but we, we, we have a twist on it. We know it's the 35th anniversary. We realize we've been in this podcasting game a long time, and if you go way, way back into the the archives of the original Fan Holes podcast. You'll find an episode where we talk in detail about Transformers the movie. So rather than just revisit the movie itself, we thought it'd be fun to discuss some of the multimedia adaptations of it, the majority of which we're going to be focusing on are the comic book adaptations. There's a comic book adaptation from Marvel Comics that was released around the same time as the movie. And then there's a 20th anniversary adaptation from IDW Comics as well. And that's going to be the primary focus. But I did tell the guys, like, just before we we started this show, that there was something that came up that we discovered because we were looking at all the, the coloring books and various kind of ancillary material and i guess i guess too i should probably promote the uh the episode where we talked about like kind of transformers uh multimedia oddities or whatever like i I'm, one of my things that i brought was of course that sticker book so that would of course count for transformers the movie because it was that sticker book where you had the 3d glasses and all that good stuff so so there's there's things where we've talked about transformers kind of adaptations or ancillary material that's directly related to Transformers the movie but one of the things was there's this series of Transformers books published by a company called Ladybird and it's got like a little ladybug on it so I think it's kind of funny that they're called Ladybird and not Ladybug but whatever I guess maybe you know bird sounds nicer than bug I, I don't know what the deal with that is but so I was trying to explain to the guys because I know Mike flipped through it real quick and figured we would have like zero to say about it or nothing to say about it. And I think that's pretty much true. But but just so you guys know, like just so you have the frame of reference, like this is a essentially a I'd say a young, young adult prose novel with, you know, Fumetti book like it's got it's got actual 
photo stills of Transformers the movie. So it's like, you know, it, it kind of tells you the plot, you know, and then, sh- you know, it's like, who disrupts my coronation? And then it shows you a screenshot of Galvatron blasting Starscream, you know, that that kind of thing, right? And um, I just thought, like, I kind of flipped through it. I kind of briefly perused it, you know, because it, technically it's a book, right, Justin? So I, it, it's kind of... It's it's hard. It's hard for me to read stuff like that, right? Because technically it is a book, right? But I'm sitting there perusing all the 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 pros and everything, and I, I was just curious, you know. So I flipped through it, but it, essentially there isn't too much to talk about. Like it's for this, it's mostly a prose book, and I know Justin didn't look at this at all. But the thing that that stood out to me that I thought was kind of funny was there's of course a a still from after the the moon base one gets eaten and then they go into the description of how you know spike and bumblebee plant explosive charges on moon base two and they fly away and all this other stuff so then the next still you see is the the almost the the infamous still right it's the the still of the the ship you know when it flips away after the explosion and then Bumblebee and Spike are looking at the monitor to see, like, did did we blow it up? Like, is Unicron done for? Like, all that other stuff. So I just thought th- this is way big buildup for something that's probably not going to be that funny. But this struck me as funny because I'm I'm thinking to myself of, like, what if it was, like, the same people that, you know, like, what if Jill Lepore, you know, or somebody was doing an audiobook on this or whatever, you know? So, like, I'm sitting there and, I, of course, I add this in, but this is, this is what, what I was, when I read this bit, it was like, a moment later, with engines still at full power, the shuttle was sucked in also. Spike and Bumblebee watched in horror from Moon Base 2. They had to do something. The base contained a great store of explosives. Setting a timer, they blasted clear in their shuttle. Once more, the claws gripped and drew in moon base two there came the roar of an explosion it isn't even dented cried spike oh shit what are we going to do now he said and then the next moment they turn to be drawn into the interior of the evil monster but yeah it doesn't say, oh, shit, what are we going to do now in this children's book? But I just thought it'd be funny if it was like, oh, shit, what are we going to do now, said Spike. You know, so anyway, I was just thinking about that. So I thought that was funny. But yeah, mainly I think we're here to talk about the Marvel Comics adaptation, the three-issue limited series from Marvel Comics. And then, of course, there's a four-issue miniseries from IDW Publishing that was celebrating the the 20th anniversary of Transformers the movie. So, I don't know, Mike, you want to give some background info on those two miniseries, and then we can kind of discuss them? Yeah, so, like, the the Marvel Comics one was released and uh, first published in August of 1986. Uh, It was adapted by Ralph Macchio. Uh, The breakdowns are by Don Perlin, uh, and finishes by Ian Aiken and Brian Garvey. Uh, colors by Nelson Yamtoff, uh, letters by Janice Chang, and uh, it was edited by Bob Budiansky. So, yeah, this was, you know, the, a three-issue adaptation of the uh, movie, which was then currently in theater. Well, no, was it in theaters at the same time, like in August? Like, 
Yeah, it or was. was it, what had it left See, theaters by then? Or like, well, I mean, it was in theaters so briefly. Like, like th- this is this is, I guess, to get into this, like you know, like what was I in the shit? Yes, I was in the shit. Like, I was in the shit, and so I desperately wanted to watch the Transformers the movie, right? But I never got to, and I, I think the reason was like it came out. And I distinctly remember it being, you know, summer movie. I remember it being August. I remember Transformers the movie was on the little marquee and everything. And I kept saying, can we see it, please? Like, can we see it, please? It's like, no, we can't see it this week. Can we see it, please? And it's the second week. No, we can't see it. Can we see it, please? The third week? No, no, we'll see it next week. And by that next week, it was no longer in the theater. So, like... The technical answer to your question is, yes, the movie was in theaters when this first issue came out. Was it still in theaters when issues two and three came out? I I don't think so. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, at least in most places, I think I think by then it, it had made its, you know, fart of money or whatever it was. And, and then it was gone. So. Yeah, as, as for me, like, I was only two two years old at the time the movie hit theaters. And, like, I, I did manage to see it in a theater when I was four because an old, like, theater that lit, was down the street used to run, like, really old, well, not really old, but older movies, like, over and over again. And one de- time they they did run Transformers the movie, and I, I was in the theater. My four-year-old self was in the theater with my grandma for about, five minutes and then I watched Prowl get killed and I started crying and then she had to take me out. But, uh, but this, however, um, I didn't read this until years and years later. Like I, when I, when I started like, you know, writing back issue bins for like Marvel comics and I'm like, Oh, I didn't even know they made an adaptation, like a comic adaptation of the movie. And like, I'd already seen the movie, you know, and I, I had the first issue of this, but I never owned the second and third issues. And that, like, I think I eventually, I, I eventually read them maybe in some trade when they were reprinted. But like, I, I mean, I have read this before, but I only ever owned the first issue. And I think I wasn't that impressed with it. And I think I didn't make any effort to track down the other two. But like this, this is like probably the opposite of you, Derek. This was not very important to me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, this was this was super important to me because it the issues one and issues two I got off the spinner rack. It was also super important because you know, as as I guess podcasters of my age bracket are fond of pointing out, you know, you couldn't just you know wait for the DVD three months later. Like you couldn't watch this on Netflix a couple months down the road or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it was. It was going to be at least a year, if not longer, before you saw this on home video. So this movie adaptation was, I mean, aside from the the kind of recap you got in Five Faces of Darkness in, in September, the fall of that year, th- this was the only thing that sort of filled in the blanks to me of what what happened in the film I I think it's also significant because I missed issue three because, you know, it was I was doing newsstand distribution and uh, issue three was probably like one of my 
I mean, it, it was, you know, I, I bought a bunch of stuff when I went to the store, that store, but I think it, it, issue three was like one of my first back issue buys, if that makes sense. Because I remember, I remember going to the store in San Leandro, you know, and, and, you know, my dad wasn't super happy to drive all the way out there, but once we got there, it was like, okay, get whatever you want. You know, because we're never fucking coming back here, you know, and, and that kind of thing or whatever. Right. And um, and and so it was like I remember buying like the first appearance of Hobgoblin and a bunch of other stuff. And 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 I remember specifically like looking like, oh, OK, you know what? What was I missing? You know, and it was like I had gotten Transformers Universe one through three. But I was missing four, so I found four in the back issue bin. You know, I had Transformers the movie one and two, but I was missing three. You know, I think I had gotten Headmasters two, three, and four off the newsstand, but I was missing issue number one. So I, you know what I mean? So like I, I, I tried to fill in all those holes when I went to that. You know, that that was sort of where my head was at, you know, as far as you know, what I was doing with back issues and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, this was definitely for, for me, at least, I mean, it was, th- th- this is a huge deal just because the, the, the two issues of the three issue miniseries were spinner rack issues. And, you know, they, they definitely served a purpose. Whereas I think, you know, the, the more modern you get, you know, that, that's something I guess people lament, right? Because it's like, th- there's no, you know, in today's day and age, there, there's there's no need for a. I mean, other than maybe the artistic pleasure in seeing it, like a film adapted into the medium of comics, like there's no necessity for it, right? Like you don't you don't need to relive the movie through a comic book periodical. You know, we can just pull out the Blu-ray and stick it into you know the the Xbox or whatever you know whatever you use to to watch stuff and just relive it that way right but well well, what about you justin like like i assume you're a little more like mike like you must have had a a different way of coming to this uh marvel limited series my attitude is actually pretty similar to mike's like i had the first issue of this i think i bought it at a flea market just because it was transformers and it wasn't really Important to me at all and I remember reading it and not being impressed and some of the differences like uh, like Kranix transforming I was like oh why didn't we see that in the movie like that's pretty cool and then some of the other stuff like the Matrix looking like a piece of kryptonite like I'm like why why is that different like I don't you know as a little kid I didn't understand Sometimes, you know, it's like sometimes studios are, you know, late getting materials out to publishers and blah, blah, blah. And they have to do, you know, the best they can. And just, you know, instead of the Matrix looking like the Matrix in the movie, they make it look like a piece of kryptonite or something, you know, wacky, wacky stuff like that. But as a little kid, I'm just like, why does it look different? This is dumb. I don't like this. That, that was kind of my attitude towards this. It wasn't until, I don't know, 2000, 2001 maybe, that I, I went and bought the all these issues like i think i got rid of the the issue one that i had i must have traded it away because you know 2000 2001 like i didn't have it 
But I remember seeing it at a flea market again for like super cheap and, you know, a dollar bit or something. And I was like, oh, you know, I like I was back into Beast or I was back into Transformers thanks to like Beast Wars and Beast Machines. And unfortunately, Beast Machines. But, uh, you know, I was in a big Transformers phase again. <laughs> so I saw these and I was like, oh, OK, and, you know, I'll, I'll get these and read it and kind of had a, a, a newer and different appreciation for it. Like, I don't think it's like. You know, we kind of joke about, you know, uh, a certain person on Bot Talk, you know, comparing stuff to like baby shit. Like, I don't think this is like baby shit or anything. I think I think the differences and the, the nuances are are interesting and, you know, and and worthy of discussion on a podcast, which we will probably do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can I can go into like specific details as far as that goes. But uh, I mean, do, do you guys feel like you've covered like your. You know, at least as far as this Marvel limited series, like how you, how you all sort of came to it and everything. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Origin story is complete. Cool, cool. I mean, I, I I get why, especially if you if you had seen the movie, and and probably I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It, it's not only that you had seen the movie by this point when you were looking at that adaptation, but you'd probably seen the movie multiple times right oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah because see yeah. see i i think for me like like the reason why this was so important was i hadn't seen the movie at all and even even like say you rent the movie once right like well you know th- this was a way for me to revisit it the the other thing too i think the reason why some of this stuff is burned in my brain is i i was always making like these ridiculous adaptations of Transformers the movie because I loved it so much. And it was either, you know, I, 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 I've probably talked about this a number of times, but, you know, it was either the, the, the Marvel Comics version in which, you know, it'd be like Spider-Man was Hot Rod and then becomes Captain Universe by the end of the story, kind of like Rodimus Prime or whatever, you know. I, I was always fond of the whole, you know, I, I had Doom turn into... Kang the Conqueror, you know, Galactus as Unicron, like I had sort of recast the whole thing and done it Marvel style. And then later I did the same thing with like DC where it was just it was a little different. It was like the the Connell Superboy, you know, uh, come becomes Superman and, you know, Darkseid was the the big bad and that, that whole kind of thing. But the reason why I bring that up is when I was, you know, drawing those, you know, little you know, comics for my own amusement or whatever, you know, because I, I love doing it. This was a frequent resource because of the way they laid out the story. So in, in some cases, like I think with the, the Marvel version I tried to do, I think I I, I want to say I got I got as far as maybe the second issue or at least I finished the first issue. And then with the DC one, I was a little less slavish to the way it was done in these comics, like, and I finished it, but it was like something like 70 something pages. And I just told the whole story, however I felt like telling it. But with the the Marvel version, I, I tried to, you know, replicate the cover, you know, with the correct characters. So like, you know, if, if Ultra Magnus was it was analogous to the silver surfer, you know, the silver surfer was front and center on the cover. Do you know what I mean? Kind of like how ultra Magnus is, but then, you know, even panel for panel, I tried to sort of replicate things, you know? So if, if there's a big shot of, you know, Unicron on page four, there'd be a big shot of Galactus on page four, 
you know, like that, that kind of thing. So I was always referencing it. But I, I guess to your guys' point, I can see why, like, this wouldn't register as much if you had seen the movie a bunch of times. And I can also see, like, like you, you know what I'm thinking of is, you know, certain things didn't quite register with me the same way in this adaptation as they did in the film. And, like, specifically, I'm thinking of, you know, when Laserbeak comes back and then the Decepticons board the the Autobot shuttle and then Megatron kills all the guys. Like, that sequence is... I, I I don't know if I was desensitized or what, but like you know the 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 Sunbow cartoon, Megatron was probably screaming "die" all the time too, and that didn't necessarily mean because he blasted Brawn or somebody that they were dead. So like I, I I'd be willing to say like when I first read this and that page, you know the the one where Megatron busts through the hole and transforms into Starscream, it's like there's there's a five panel shot where it's 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 not even you know there's one two what is this seven eight nine ten eleven there's eleven panels on one page and nine of them have to do with the death sequence but it's i mean there's no ironhide begging for his life cradling the the you know the the you know cradling Megatron's leg or anything like that. Like all it is is Starscream blasts each character and you see a a perspective shot of all those characters getting blasted and then, you know, Megatron transforms back and they they say the dialogue, but I mean, I don't I don't think that even registered to me that those characters had been killed. You know, like and so there's there's a lot of stuff like that where I I can I can understand why this adaptation didn't quite have the same impact that that the actual film had or anything like that. I mean, you know, there, there's some differences in this, like like Justin brought up, you know, Kranix transforming like that. That's something that's kind of, you know, interesting and different. I, I think something that I will always point out and, and, and I, I, I've questioned this psychologically, too, because, you know, you know how we're always saying that you know the the way you first watch something might dictate what version of it you like the best you know like i even though it's not widely heralded like i guess my favorite cut of blade runner is the the theatrical cut like with the you know quote unquote atrocious narration by Harrison Ford just because that's the version I grew up watching and fell in love with, you know, and, and, and the same thing about, you know, did you watch the Japanese language of this anime first? Did you watch the dub, like whatever? And so I'm just going to point this out and, and, and maybe it is something psychological on my part or maybe not, but you know, in this version of the fight between Optimus and Megatron, Hot Rod doesn't interfere at all and I kind of feel like that puts the lie to all these fucking haters that blame Hot Rod for Optimus's death. Because if you look at this, th- this is a m- much different scripted sequence. You know, it's I, I always joke about it, but I-, I call it like the, you know, the four score and seven years ago version of the fight between Optimus and Megatron. Because the dialogue in this is completely different. You know, like there's... 
you know, I, I don't know. It's just, I mean, yeah, he, he transforms into the car and he says no matter the cost and they, they don't really go into it too much. But, you know, he, he, he scatters some of the Decepticons and everything. But I mean, you know, it's 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 totally different. I mean, it's like, you know, they, they, they have this. I don't know. I, I can't really do it justice other than to just read it. But, you know, he, he says no matter the cost. And then and then Megatron's like. Who can so easily scatter the attack force of the Decepticons? You, Optimus Prime. Your reign of terror has gone on too long, Megatron. I am here to end it. You'll do nothing. Just as you did when we Decepticons conquered Cybertron and drove you Autobots off it. And now we'll do the same here on Earth. Not while a spark still lights up my circuits, Megatron. Then I'll turn your lights off permanently. And they're fighting, and he's stabbing him, and he stabs him with the sword and everything like that, just like the movie sequence. You're finished, you and your Autobot lackeys will soon be rusting in the breeze. It takes more than your clumsy attack to destroy me, Megatron. More than anything you can do. I'll rip out your optics! An even more clumsy attack? Do you intend to make a habit of this, Megatron? And at this point, he, he you know, does like a wrestling move. He knocks Megatron on his ass. And now we're back to the sequence that we'd be in the movie with Megatron cowering, right? And you can see, clearly, he's cowering, but he's also reaching for a pistol. No more, Optimus Prime. Grant me mercy, I beg of you. You who are without mercy now plead for it. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. This is this is exactly line for line. But Hot Rod doesn't come. Megatron just picks up the gun and says, So you think I'm clumsy, you has-been pile of junk? Now you'll learn why we are called Decepticons and why Megatron is the mightiest Decepticon of all. So, true to his name, he deceived Optimus. Optimus fell for it like a fucking sucker and should have shot his ass a long time ago. He screams, ah. He says, I've waited millions of years for this moment. It's over, Prime. And then he says, never. And it kind of goes back to, you know, mostly to the way it was in the film. But Optimus is still doing the the four score and seven years ago thing, because it's a comic book, right? He doesn't just say never and knock him off the pillar. He says never. And then Optimus Prime speechifies and goes, this is for all those Autobots slain in your mad conquest of Cybertron. It's your finish, Megatron. And then they both collapse. And then it kind of goes back to, you know, Prime did it. He turned the tide. You know, Prime dies. And then, like Justin says, you know, he gives a hunk of kryptonite to, to Ultra Magnus, which, uh, again, was weird for me because I think the the Autobot Matrix of Leadership or the Matrix of Leadership was introduced to people. Like, if you had only been watching the Sunbow cartoon, the Matrix was a brand new thing. If you'd been reading the Marvel comic books, you knew what the creation Matrix was. And, you know, at some point they kind of amalgamated both those into being the same thing. But just as it was weird for you guys to see a green rock represent, you know, the matrix that we know from the design that we know from the movie with the, you know, the gold casing and the 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 blue, you know, spark in it and all that kind of stuff. 
it was just as weird for me to see a physical representation of the matrix. Cause this is the first time I'm seeing it. And I, I thought, you know, to me, you know, I'm thinking of, well, wasn't the creation matrix in his head? Like, doesn't he give it to Buster? Like how now it's a big green rock. Like he didn't give Buster a green rock, you know? So I was just as equally sort of confused as far as, as that kind of stuff goes. But, you know, in, in terms of pacing, in terms of a comic book, that first issue, like, that that's something I also think is interesting because if you watch the film, right, Unicron immediately turns Megatron into Galvatron. And then he turns his, his you know, fallen warriors, you know, arguments to the end of the world about, you know, Thundercracker, Skywarp, Bombshell, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? But ultimately, you know, he, he turns them into Cyclonus and Scourge. But in this, it's like they 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 turn the warriors into Cyclonus and Scourge right before the final page. And then you get this great, you know, what they'd call half splash page or whatever. You know, it's three panels of Megatron transforming. And then, you know, basically that final, you know, page, the, the major portion of it is almost a half splash of of Galvatron. And this is the first time you're seeing Galvatron in the comics. And, that you know, obviously that's that's paced more towards a, you know, a, a, a comic style type thing and everything. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of now, now I'm looking through, you know, the, the second issue and everything, but like, you know, there, there's, there's different things that, that happen in the second issue, obviously like, you know, Galvatron kind of does have some, some different dialogue when he comes back to, to confront Starscream and that kind of thing. The uh, thing I forgot about is like some of the differences on Quintessa, like like in the movie, Cup and Hot Rod crash on it. But yeah. In, in this, it's like this like rocket powered tentacle comes out and grabs it and grabs them. Yeah. And then a lot of like the the Dinobots and Wheelie stuff is just it's truncated. And then like I think Sludge has like this big like dialogue box where he's like telling you exactly what happened. He's like, we saw you and look, and we walked over here and then blah. And I'm like, I don't think he's ever talked this much ever. And this, like, I love, yeah, I love, they picked sludge to deliver exposition. Like yeah. that, that's just, yeah, weird. I, I feel like, I feel like that's almost due. That's almost, cause it's like, it's like me sludge, you know? So it's like, uh, hot rods like, wow, are you guys a site for sore Autobot visual sensors? But where did you come from? After the shuttle broke apart, <laughs> we fell not too far away from where you did. In the same muck, we saw the Shakticons come and take you away, and we followed out of sight. Good and thinking, Sludge. Like, Good thinking, Sludge. Way to go. You know, it's funny, because... Cause, cause, um, this was something that also stood out to me because you, you notice Grimlock is with Hot Rod and Cup the whole time in robot mode. And so, like, that was something, too. Like, whoever I thought that Grimlock would be representative of in my little Marvel DC adventures, you know, that that's, you know, it's like one of those things where I remember, I think, I, I want to say, like, I drew a cover where, like, maybe, like, Death's Head was hanging out with um uh, uh, Spider-Man on this cover or, you know, like, like in, I think in, um, 
you know, at, at some point, maybe I thought it was the Hulk or, you know, Cable or, you know, like some some kind of rough and tumble guy was going to be hanging out with Spider-Man or something like that. And I, I want to say with um, for sure in the DC version, like like this was Lobo. So it was like Connell was hanging out with with Lobo in that sense, you know, because it was Grimlock, you know, that was accompanying Cup and Hot Rod and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, that 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 is kind of interesting because they, they do like, you know, Wheelie's introduction is not as, you know, not as prominent in this either. Right? Yeah, you, that's kind of interesting to me because you think like, okay, this is a comic. It's also like targeted to kids. Like you'd think they'd want to like, feature him more since he's like you know i i guess a, a character like for littler kids to maybe latch on to but he's not really in this very much i wonder if like um i don't know i wonder if it was like one of those deals where you know how like i mean i don't know i'm i'm, I'm famous for for decrying this all the time but you know it's like you know i think uh, what jack kirby probably didn't have Etrigan rhyming, but eventually, you know, Alan Moore made him a rhyming demon, and then the, it just became a thing, right? So then after that, like all these, you know, British guys were doing all their British stuff and having him rhyme, right? And so that became a thing. So to me, Etrigan was always a, a rhyming demon. But then, like, I, I remember being like, kind of like, what the, f you know, when, when Bruce Tim brought Etrigan on Batman and then the Justice League, and I think the attitude was just like, ah, oh, yeah, that's that's too complicated. He's not going to rhyme. And I went, what not that? I was like, that's his whole fucking thing, you know, like, but I, 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 tell, telling that story, the reason why I mentioned that is maybe maybe these guys had the Bruce Tim attitude about it where uh, they're just like, okay. they're just like, you know what? fuck wheelie like we're not gonna have him rhyme like you know and even in this like like he says okay he says you get ship if i get trip but then after that he's like you know it, it, it's basically like that sequence in the uh saturday night live with the death of superman where they introduce the hulk you know it's like it's like hulk not good with words hulk write it down <laughs> superman was the greatest of things you know i mean it's basically <laughs> the same thing right because he's like you get ship if i get trip my name is wheelie I've been hiding from the Quintessons for a long time. I've discovered a ship we can use to leave this planet. And I'm like, none of that rhymes, you motherfuckers. You know, like, what the fuck? But anyway, can we talk about, like, Spike's uh, uh, normal suit or space suit? His little orange suit that he has instead of a an exosuit, I guess? Oh, I don't think I even noticed that. Yeah, because Spike does not have an exosuit uh, in this whole thing right so that's that's something that's like decidedly different so so maybe much like the 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 matrix of leadership that was not something that they you know they immediately had access to or anything and then again you know of course you know you know spike does not say oh shit what are we gonna do now at the end of issue two? Oh, i see it now it's like red and kind of like uh, some weird shade of like tang orange or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it kinda, yeah. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the spaceman from Swamp Thing number nine. Like, do you remember that? The Bernie Wrightson, like where there was like an alien that came down and like fought with Swamp Thing, but he was just like misunderstood because nobody could speak his language or something like that. Like, I don't know. It reminds me of that for some reason. It makes me think of like a spacesuit from Alien, but like if you like, you know, made a, a toy for kids out of it yes. and made it with bright yes. colors. 
it, it's definitely different because because you know and then and then you can't say I mean I don't know did they get the exosuit design later because I mean eventually they do you know it's a plot point so by issue three they are giving Daniel the exosuit which is colored like all you know I guess awkwardly you know red and blue maybe to either replicate Optimus Prime's colors or to you know, maybe maybe just having a white exosuit just didn't play for the the colorist, you know, like that kind of thing. But that's yeah, I mean, th- that's that's pretty similar. Right. He even does the whole, you know, he tries to leap around and all that other type of stuff. They they go into the 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 planet of junk stuff, which is pretty. I mean, doesn't, you know, Rick, that, doesn't Rick Gar refer to like one of their cannons as the jump gun specifically like that? I thought that was. Oh, odd. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's got he's got the junk gun. So that's yeah, that's definitely something that's that's divergent or maybe part of an original script. I mean the 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 most oh the, and the then most Ultra Magnus gets ripped thing. apart. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the most noticeable thing. Ultra Magnus gets drawn and quartered, which mm-hmm. I have to admit, like when I finally read this as a back issue, this makes a little. I mean, I I. Is not was that not the original intent even in the animated movie for them to have done that? I believe so. Yes. Because yeah, cause because th- that, the the that sweeps all fire sense. like a a beam, mm-hmm. and yeah. then like it just cuts the like rapid fire, like you know when Ultra Magnus is getting hit. So I like how his dying words are "I." <laughs> no, Robert Stack couldn't. He's like, "There's, I'm not saying that." <laughs> And also, I mean, he's holding the Matrix, but like, you know, in the comic, it's it's like he's just holding a big piece of kryptonite <laughs> as he's dying. <laughs> it kind of looks like kind of looks like a Green Lantern ring in that picture to me. That would have been more helpful, I'm sure. I do like how it like Galvatron like catches it after Ultra Magnus is like pulled apart and like it yeah. falls out of his wreckage, basically. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess it's worth mentioning there is no. Um, there is no ship that Unicron gives Galvatron. Like he, he exclusively flies around in Cyclonus in this. Yeah, that's part of Cyclonus's original like bio write up in the Bible or whatever. And he never did it again, ever. Yeah. You you know what else is to me is bothersome about the the third issue is like the whole point of of Cup being an old timer and and having seen everything. The, the whole punchline of that is supposed to be when they finally get to Cybertron and they see Unicron, you know, wrecking shop on Cybertron. It's like Hot Rod's got to be like, so you, you ever seen anything like this before, Cup? And Cup's just kind of like and, and, and the expectation is, oh, yeah, lad, back in fucking beta nine, <laughs> there was some big motherfucker who was doing the same shit to Cybertron. And instead, you know, that's 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 the magnitude of the situation, right? Because even Cup, who's seen every motherfucking thing, is like, I've never seen anything like this, lad. You know, and you're like, oh, fuck, well, this is, then this is pretty fucking serious, right? But unfortunately, it's like they sort of, they, they, they somehow, like, jump the gun on that, because it's like, it's like the, when 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 the quintessence ship lands, then then you know, Cup says something like, "Not since the crocodilos 
Donatrom or whatever Stron Stronaram, have I seen such a sight, Grimlock? Maybe they make me king too, cup. Don't hold your breath, your majesty. But it's like he doesn't he doesn't say that stuff when when Unicron shows up, you know? So I was like, oh well that that you know that that's like kind of steals away from that that moment or whatever. I like how there's like this huge image of like Unicron strutting through space, like he's like emo Peter Parker walking down the street in Spider Man Three. He's pissed because uh, freaking uh, intergalactic uh, Gwen Stacy gave him the cold shoulder or some shit. Unicron's like, now drink on this. And then, like, fights the planet. You'll do my bidding! Or taste my wrath! I'm gonna put some dirt in your eye. Did you, did you like that Shockwave still gets his little one-panel cameo, Mike? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's some things, like, you're, like... I wonder, like, if that was in the script, and it's, like, clearly, like... Or, like, you know, the animators just added it, and they went with it. But, yeah, it's, like like, that... Like how uh, Scavenger and Shrapnel like show up like mm-hmm. on junk to like mm-hmm. threaten Daniel. Like that was like that's clearly in the script if it had yeah, you know yeah. it occurred across multiple you know uh, adaptations. But you know uh, the other thing I'd like to point out, and and maybe I'm more critical of the third issue because I got it as a back issue and it's not quote unquote a beloved spinner rack issue, and and I I, I didn't use this to fill in. The gaps, like by by the time I had issue three of this, I had long since seen the movie, and so maybe it's easier for me to see the flaws in it or whatever. But the the one thing I I I think makes no sense in this is so in the in the final fight between Hot Rod and Galvatron in the bowels of Unicron, right? Hot, Hot Rod falls like he does in the movie. He sees the light of the Matrix, except for this time, like we've been saying, it's a green glowing kryptonite light instead of a blue light, you know, and, and you know, Hot Rod sees it and everything. And the dialogue goes like this. You attempted the murder of Ultra Magnus and stole the Matrix from him on Quintus, Quintesson. I want it back now. Galvatron says... Then my old enemy survived my attack on him. Well, no matter. You'll find the Autobot Matrix cannot be opened. It will do you no more good than it did Ultra Magnus. We're a, you know, like it or not, we're allies against a common foe. And then, you know, of course, Unicron corrupts him. And then they start fighting. But then it goes back to the movie dialogue. First Prime, then Ultra Magnus, and now you. It is a pity Autobots die so easily, or I might have a sense of satisfaction. But you just said, like, five fucking panels ago that Ultra Magnus survived. So what the fuck are you talking about, First Prime and Ultra Magnus? <laughs> he just told you you didn't fucking kill him. Like, he's fine. So what the fuck are you talking about? Anyway, sorry. I just have to mention that because that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I don't know if some of that's like... <laughs> no, you mentioned it earlier. When no one made no sense to me was when Megatron's like, like, who can like scatter the attack force of the Decepticons? And I'm like, it's a big red truck. Like, who the fuck do you think it is? <laughs> like, <laughs> who can this be? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Is it Inferno? Like, no. It's, it's another red truck. Like, <laughs> it's like, I thought you were gonna make Dinobots! It's fucking up for scatters everybody. Offer. 
It's you, Hoffamus Prime! Yeah. Oh, God, don't get him started. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, the, 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 the rest of the story sort of plays out the way you'd expect. I mean, and again, I can kind of see, like, if if you're a big fan, like I am, of Hot Rod and Rodimus Prime, I mean, those those quote-unquote money moments in the movie, like, these panels aren't exactly, like, the greatest in the world. You know, you know what's funny? I guess this is worth mentioning. It might make the third issue something worth talking about. I was trying to remember which... I, I looked this up, but now, now I don't know that I can remember it precisely. But I think... I think it's like page 12 or 13, but like one of those panels when they're on the planet of junk or one of those pages, like that was something that went up on heritage auctions, like, and, and I had tried to bid on it, you know, and it was like, I guess I, you know, I didn't completely understand how it worked and everything. And I put in a bid and I thought to myself, oh, did I win it? Because I thought I would have been one of the higher bidders, but then I think that was before... It was pre-COVID, too. So, like, they had, like, live, you know, like, real live bids in the auction house as well. So, uh, if I understand correctly, I was outbid by somebody who was, like, actually at the auction or something like that. So, I was like, oh, man. But anyway... So that that was something I tried to do but failed. But you know, it's 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 interesting. I mean, like like you guys said, it's not like this is this is probably you know, this kind of art is probably something that people would either refer to as trying to be gracious, you know, refer to it as workmanlike and 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 probably not trying to be gracious would would refer to it as, you know, not not your favorite you know what I mean? Like, like it's not like there's anything in here that's that's outstanding, you know. So, yeah, I was gonna ask, like, what did you guys think of the art? And I mean, Don Perlin, I mean, he's Transformers before, but in a, like he didn't, he only did the breakdowns too. Like, it was like finished by two other guys. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's his best work. Like, I mean, some of the money shots are good, like you know, Galvatron's reveal and Unicron's trans, like you know, that strutting scene and whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, mostly I think, it's. I, I think my favorite bit of art is the one I have in my avatar, the one of Galvatron, like with his closed fist. You know, like that's. Uh, that's, I think, my favorite panel in this whole thing. But, and I think that's in the second issue. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, I mean, I can tell who people are. The, the storytelling's, eh, I mean, it's it, uh, it, it's one of those things where they got the job done. But it, it's one of those things where I, I think it, they had to cram a lot into you know like i said that that one page had like what like 11 panels on on one page i mean th this is this is actually the bizarro opposite of of a decompressed story do you know what i mean like this is like super condensed with like as many panels as they could possibly cram in i mean i think some of these things even called for splash pages but they didn't have them because there was so much story to tell you know like the the, the last page should have been a splash page of issue one with the Galvatron reveal, but it wasn't right. And a lot of the initial pages, I think were, you know, th there were some splash pages in this for maybe the first page or something like that. But for the most part, like th th they made as much 
use of the page as possible because there was a lot of information that they were, you know, forced to convey in the adaptation, I think. Well, I think it's interesting. This is three issues and the IDW adaptation is four issues, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably a good point. Do you want to do you want to start talking about the, the IDW version? Yeah. Then? Okay. Hold the phone a minute. I'm on the TF wiki and I just saw a weird piece of trivia. Oh, the, the extra pages? No. Uh, it's from a uh, Ask Vector Prime segment. I'm just going to read this. According to a 2015 Facebook entry of Ask Vector Prime, the Unicron depicted in this comic was in fact blasted out of this dimension by the Matrix and later became the Planet X seen in the Galaxy Forest cartoon. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like this is where we need like the Derek like what to clip because like that's mm. <laughs> that's a wacky doodle to me. Uh, well, what do you call like Ask Vector Prime? Like was a long running like uh, yeah. like port thing on Facebook and like it. Some of it was written by fans, but it has Hasbro's official stamp. So like some of it can be considered like canonical, and some of it it's like kind of take it or leave it. So mm, okay. Like, some of it, like, you know, the stuff that makes sense to, like, b- connect together, you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But then, like, some of, yeah, stuff like that, you're like, wait, okay, I guess, like. <laughs> what purpose does that serve other than to try to legitimize Galaxy Force for people that are fans of the original series? I think that is the purpose, basically. <laughs> okay. It's it's like it's like they're trying to get that they're trying to get that Beast Wars like agenda cred without earning it or something like is that I don't know that that's the that's how I interpret that feels like a rejected like mosaic script or something yeah like a lot of it is like fan canon made like given a Hasbro stamp but mm. I don't know like I said it, it's all take it or leave it I think. I think the wiki has like an archive of all Ask Vector Prime like segments and like there's a like there's a lot of nice like trivia in there, but like again, there's stuff that you can like take or leave. But yeah, okay. I mean, uh, want me to give the info for the IDW? Yeah, yeah go yeah. ahead, go ahead. So like uh, in uh, 2006, uh, IDW uh, released a, a four issue uh, miniseries adapting the animated movie. Um, drawn by Don Figueroa and uh, written by or adapted by Bob Budiansky, and this this was this was kind of a big deal at the time because it was like Bob Budiansky's like official like return to the franchise, like yeah. after he yeah. had like you know you know he hadn't done anything for like twenty years or whatever. Um, it was colored by Josh Burcham and uh, lettered by Robbie Robbins and Neil Utek. Uh, I think I said that right, and then uh, edited by Chris Ryle. Um, this ran, this, like we, like I said, it ran for four issues. It's, it's meant to be a expansion sort of, of the movie, but in theory, like in theory it is, but in practice, the actual like four issues don't have much in the way of like additions and stuff like, but the, the trade has some extra pages like added in, like, like they, they, they added in a double page spread of like. Uh, trying to explain where all the combi- other combiner teams were in like Omega Supreme, where they were all fighting at the Ark at the same time as the attack on Autobot City. And then, uh, like, th- there's a couple other additions. Like, they add, like, Budiansky added Snarl into the 
uh, like, you know, Dinobot ranks and like just just a cover for his like absence in the movie. But I mean, he doesn't really do anything. So it's like it's only like it's not very noticeable. And, you know, there's other things like in the final battle with Unicron, like you can see Shockwave getting killed, which was part of a early script for the movie, which didn't make it into animation. And like, yeah, but I mean, otherwise, um, it's like the art, the art is really beautiful, but like, I don't know, like instead of like directly adapting some, like some of the dialogue, I feel like Budiansky adds a bunch of like flourishes to it that don't really, you know, don't add any, like he adds to it, but it subtracts from it, I guess. I, I don't know, but like what, like I was excited for this. And then like, once it had all come out, I was like, Oh, that was kind of like, not what I thought it was going to be, but I don't know. What about you guys? Like what, what is your history with this? I don't know if I was excited for it, but I just remember walking into the comic book store and seeing that on the stand, and I was like, "Wait, what? Uh, okay, why? Oh, it's the it's the anniversary. Okay, well that makes sense." So I bought it, and I bought all all four issues off the stand. And then, as Mike said, if you get the trade, you get some extra pages of the Combiners and Omega Supreme fighting like near the arc, and that really irritated me because I was like, "Wait." You mean I have to, like, buy this again to get some extra pages? Well, I'm not going to do that. And that kind of really irritated me. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that that was always one of my questions as a kid. Where Where's Omega Supreme? Like, where are the other combiners? And, I, I mean, I know, you know, th- there are various explanations about, oh, well, we, you know, there wasn't time. There, we didn't have the designs. They weren't in existence at this point. You know, you know, whatever the real explanation is, there, there are many out there in the fan community, right? You can, you can, you can pick and choose, I guess, at this point. But like, I don't know. That just kind of bugged me. I mean, I've still got these issues. Like they're, you know, they're in storage. And like Mike said, the art is really nice. That's the, I think, the highlight here. But it also uh i don't know it it's it's odd like i don't i don't know that i have a preference between like this and the marvel adaptation i don't know if i prefer one over the other like i i I like the art in this better but i mean you know this this feels it's not i don't want to say it's lifeless it's just kind of there i don't know i don't know what what i'm trying to articulate here but revisiting it i was just like okay it just you know it's dialogue from the movie and there's a few like new things like there's added stuff that doesn't make sense like when megatron sees the gun you know like when he's fighting optimus he's like he says something like what like oh one last chance to get out of this or something and i'm just like why would he say that like prime's right there (laughs) i mean you know it's like and why was that why did Budiesky think that line of dialogue was needed? I mean, if you if you've seen the movie and you've read the previous adaptation, you know what's coming. So that seems completely unnecessary. Like I don't I don't understand that part at all. There's a lot of unnecessary like dialogue additions and stuff. Like I feel like you know brevity is the soul of wit. But like I, I don't know what Budiansky was thinking. Like maybe I mean some of them I I suppose serve like technical functions where like you can't convey something in like in a panel. Like but. Yeah, I don't know. It should be like like the 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 example you cited with Megatron seeing the gun. I mean, he we 
I mean, the panel conveys that, and he, there's no reason for him to say that out loud, yeah. like, because then Optimus is like, what are you talking about? Like, die. Like, <laughs> <laughs> One thing that was necessary was um, that shot of RC's butt, where it looks like she's got, like, a, a thong and a human butt. <laughs> that was needed. I... You know, you know, I remember... Had you ever read I, this before, Derek? Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I remember being... I, I want to... I don't know that excited is the right word, but I mean, I, I remember having a feeling of, ooh, you know, like, like neat. Like, that that's cool. Like, they're they're trying to revisit this and, and do it with quote-unquote modern, you know, a modern art style and all that kind of stuff. I had better memories of this than it actually is, if that makes sense. Like, like I, okay. I think I remember going through this and went, oh, the art's pretty cool. Like, that's pretty sweet. And, you know, and I was thinking, like, when we were going to talk about this, I'd be like, oh, this is going to be great because they're both, you know, I, I, I do genuinely, even though, you know, what you know, whatever criticisms notwithstanding, that the original Marvel series, you know, that mini uh, limited series, you know, ha- I have a lot of nostalgia for it. I have a lot of kind of, you know, blinders and, you know, kid eyes with that. So there was that aspect to this, you know, talking, you know, doing this show. Right. But, but even this, I, 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 I guess I had some kind of blinders, but I mean, I don't know that they held up as well or, or that I'm that stubborn or obstinate about the blinders for this, because I mean, it makes me wonder about the process because like, you, you know, I, I, it seems like that's a common criticism of the wiki too, the TF wiki where, you know, you guys are talking about extra dialogue, like unnecessary dialogue. Right. And it, it's funny because, you know, the, the Marvel limited series has extra dialogue or different dialogue, but I don't know that anybody necessarily complained about that because, you know, it, it, maybe it's through, I don't know, hindsight or it's through like, oh, they got the script they had and maybe you're giving them the benefit of the doubt and maybe it was scripted differently before the final version came out. And so in this case, you're saying, well, you do have the final version. Why don't you just write what's there? And like part of me wonders, like, was this done like script style? Was this done Marvel style? Like, did did um Figueroa just give Budiansky a shit ton of pages and say, script this, please? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. And, like, they, they don't really pick... This is me being probably overly critical, I guess. I mean, I don't disagree with you guys. The art looks nice, and and, and certain shots of it are really pretty. You know, like like the 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 big two page of of Unicron ending Lathone. I mean that that looks great. You you know what I feel like this should have been. This should have been like some kind of twentieth anniversary art book, and they should have just said fuck the story and just been like, dude, like do do gigantic beautiful splash pages of your favorite moments in the movie and that that shot with unicron ending lithone could have been one of them the cover to four where galvatron's like strangling the hell out of rodimus could have been one of them but like some of this stuff like i don't know man like i i don't know that the storytelling is there like like the art looks nice but some of it i don't know that the storytelling is necessarily there and also I don't know that they pick good places to end this. Like I'm looking at it and I'm like, so you you end I'm like 
just trying to figure this out in my head and I can't remember it. So I'm just looking at it really quick here. But the the first first issue ends on the the you know, you can't die. But like he doesn't actually die, you know, and then it picks up with like now I'm back to dying again, which is kind of like a weird place to end it. Whereas the ending on the transformation to Galvatron like seems stronger to me, right? But you know, I get it. They 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 had more pages here, so it didn't quite end on that. And then what? Issue two ends on. Uh, uh, I mean, that's kind of an okay place to end, like a cliffhanger where it's like the the Autobot ship crashes on Quintessa or whatever, right? Okay, fair enough. And then it picks up with. See, that's, you know, and again, it picks up with a pretty nice splash image of, you know, Hot Rod, you know, under the water and everything. Like, that's that's pretty cool. Like, so, some of these, I'm, I'm just trying to see, like, so this one ends with, you know, like, the Matrix is gone. Like, you know, basically after Ultra Magnus gets resurrected. Like, I, I don't know that that's, you know, like, if I was going to, I don't know, I, I would have tried to find breaks that, like, were more... You know, I don't know, like Ultra Magnus dying as an as the end of the issue break or something. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. Some of this feels a little, you know, like I guess exactly what I said. Like I had much more f- fonder memories of this before I revisited it. Going back to issue one, I think it's funny they've screwed up and they've gave Hot Rod a line where he's saying Prime's wounds are fatal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like you're not perceptive. I was like, like. like you- when the the wiki makes mention of that error and they're they're kind of like seems kind of sus like hot rod like <laughs> well he's dead like <laughs> you know give me yeah. the matrix <sighs> but yeah I mean I get what you mean like I I mean I I was disappointed with it back when I read it and I was still disappointed when I reread it this week and like I, I don't I don't know what I expected I I was expecting like a more like definitive like you know, retconning of the errors in the movie, like, you know, like with Snarl being there and, you know, stuff like that, like, and maybe even like, you know, some kind of definite answer to who was Cyclonus and who was Scourge. But I think Figueroa just straight up draws what was shown in the movie. So like, you know, Bombshell is Cyclonus and I I think like Thundercracker is Scourge, which I mean, is what the movie shows, but never made much sense to me. But I was sad that there's still no uh, visualization of Ravage killing Chip Chase. <laughs> I know, like that, that legendary scene that we that you got, you Brian claims he saw in the theater. Yeah, I mean, as, aside from the visualization that I myself created in MS Paint. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> like, no one's really disabled as long as you have. Oh God! Yeah. Oh, uh. <laughs> uh. But yeah, I, I don't know. I like, I, like I said, I don't know what I expected from this, but like, I, it wasn't delivered, and I, I don't know. Like, it was more than a whiff of cheese with Bob Budiansky's <laughs> writing. So, you know, I, I think what would have made it more special would have been if they had included some of the abandoned or deleted sequences, like mm. you know, some of the other like Autobots dying and stuff, or you know, or like some, some of those extra sequences with like what, like other weren't there like other matted sequences with like some season two Autobots or something yeah, like, like that? It wasn't uh Inferno supposed to have like a, a little scene and you know, there, there are characters who are credited with credited with dialogue in the movie and they don't have any, they don't show up. You know, yeah. And you know, what's weird too? Like, 
what an odd choice to like put Bob Budiansky on this. Like he, yeah. you know, he's he wrote the Marvel comic, which was very different from the Sunbow cartoon. Well, but that, that's like, that's why I wonder how this was done. Like, did Figueroa draw a bunch of pages and then say, "Hey, let's get let's get the guy who wrote Marvel Transformers to script it for us." You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. This, I, feel, just, and I, like, I feel like you like getting Furman would have been more appropriate. Mm-hmm. Furman was the one who did stuff with like the movie cast, like in the comics and stuff. But I don't know. And, and like they had the Spotlight series like ongoing at that time, and like Budiansky like excelled at doing one shot like character focused like issues and stuff. They should have just gotten him to like, hey, what character do you want to write about? And had oh. him do had him do like a a standalone Spotlight issue. But I don't. Maybe yeah. he like he's infamous. Well, he, for... he always says he always says he he was fond of his arc. You know the arc he had doing Blaster. Like you know yeah. so. I mean, and he's also infamous for saying, you know, hey, Transformers was like a job for me. I don't like, you know, I don't hold any particular like, you know, fondness for it beyond, you know, a job well done me, like basically. But so who has that quote? Oh, like a Budiansky, like I said, oh. like numerous times, like in at conventions and stuff where he's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's happy to break out his old notes and stuff and mm-hmm. like, you know, answer questions. But like people are kind of like, you know, hey, would you ever want to like come back? And usually he's like, not really. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I moved on. Like, you know. Well, I mean, you know, I, I keep watching those interviews that that Renaud keeps posting, you know, when when uh, Bob. Budiansky gets interviewed by different guys or whatever on YouTube and stuff like that. And he, he does definitely say that. And he says he got burnt out. Like, you know, he, the, the, the way he tells his personal uh, uh, run with Transformers is, you know, he laughs about the fact that his final issue were was the MicroMasters fighting some wrestlers or whatever, right? And And he uses that not to to cry himself too much but but basically it sounds like he'll he'll say i was trying to leave like a year before that so he's like i was burnt out like 10 issues ago and you can tell i was burnt out because by the time it got to like you know my final issues i was having micromasters fight wrestlers you know and he he laughs about it you know what i mean because he's like dude i was out of fucking ideas and and they kept throwing like newer newer toys at me you know whereas he was you know he got into writing the arc with blaster but then at some point i'm sure they were like all right you gotta abandon this blaster dude and he's like what you know like what the fuck you know like so and you know also like i love figaro's art and whatever but he's not the best at like he's not the best artist they had in their stable to capture the sunbow look like i Mm. think guido giddy is a lot better at like doing that See, I, I, I think I think if they really wanted to do something that celebrated and I mean, it, not to say like they could still do something like this, but they, I, I kind of feel like they should have just made some kind of coffee table book and had like all these guys like do do your do your best like poster splash page, whatever you like your favorite bit from the movie or something or or whatever and see what they all come up with and then. You know, and then and then, you know, all the best ones, you know, they stick it in this giant coffee table book or something. But like, I don't know, like, I I mean, I get it. Like, it seemed like it seemed like for some reason IDW was fond of this tactic, too, because I think it played on 
it's that thing of guys like me, like we grew up with with adaptations and stuff. And sometimes you either didn't get the adaptation. Like, you know what I'm thinking of specifically, Justin, is, you know, they made, yeah, the Star Trek two adaptation. Like we never got one. So they made one. Right. And it's like, it's like, I get it. Like, but then then at the same time, yeah, you got it. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, you're like, Oh man, you know, like that, Uh, you know, it's like, it's like the, 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 the expectation, you know, mm -hmm. the, the so-called promise of, of, of what that is versus what you actually get is always, uh, you know, unfortunately it seems like it's infinitely disproportionate to your, to your hopes and dreams, right? Like, and and I don't want to say that this is. I don't want to be like totally negative, right? Like the the art's nice, and 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 I was I did have the ooh wow factor when it came out, you know. So and and to be perfectly honest, I remembered this much more fondly, you know, before we sat down to revisit it because I I I have to admit this is not something I revisited. Whereas I think the the Marvel book for me meant so much like I was always revisiting it whether I was doing it for reference like I said when I was making my goofy little you know Marvel DC versions of Transformers the movie or just because you know it was those were some of my earliest comics and and I reread you know back when you had a a small you know modest collection you know any comic fan will tell you you know those are the issues you pour over and read over and over and over again until you know as justin is fond of saying until the book crumbles right and and those first two issues of the limited series from marvel were were those issues those were the ones i poured over and over and over again you know and you know essentially until they crumbled right like and so Whereas this, the the IDW thing, I think I think I, I I looked at it. I said, "Ooh, that's cool." I think I I read all of them and went, "Oh, that was pretty cool." And then I never looked at it ever again until today. And what is this like? Thirteen years later, like so, I'm just kind of like, eh, you know, yep, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever revisited it either. Look, I think. Once I heard that there were going to be extra pages in the graphic, not in the the trade collection, like I was kind of like, oh, that's bullshit. Like that should have been in the actual issues. And then like, like maybe after it came out, I saw it in a bookstore and I like picked it up and I looked for the extra pages and I was like, oh, that was it. Okay, well, I'm glad I didn't buy this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Even that is like, I mean, what it's, it's three extra pages, but the first page is just more dialogue between what blaster and perceptor to, to cut to, the double page splash with all the, you know, it's basically what, like the, the scramble city splash page, you know, like, right. Like that's, that's what it is, you know, but it, yeah, that's too bad. I mean, they could have, they could have infused some more stuff, but see that that's, what's interesting is you, you wonder about it. It's like how much, how much control or how much fanboy kind of stuff could they have done with that? Like if, 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 Bob Budiansky was the type of guy that was like, look, this is just a job and I'll come back to do this job. Then it's just going to be a straight up adaptation then. Right. Like if, if he's the one writing the script, if, if Figueroa was the one handing him all the pages and he was just scripting it, then I don't know what more you would have expected. If there was somebody else that was writing it, that was like a huge fan of the movie and knew all this other stuff and, threw in, you know, I don't know, Ravage eating Chip Chase's face or, what, you know, whatever nonsense, you know, Inferno, 
you know, doing doing a you know doing hopscotch on Autobot City, like what whatever the extra scenes were, right? Like you you know grapple doing something or other or whatever it was, right? Like yeah, you could have you could have done stuff like that, you know. I mean. I don't know. Do you do you really think like that would have would would Skywarp definitively being shown turning into Cyclonus? Would that have made you happier about this, Mike? No, not really. Yeah. Okay. I'm not trying to call you out. I'm just trying to say, like, would, would that have fixed? Like, would that have made this? No, any better? Like, like, probably not. Right. Of a... In context of a, like, maybe larger, more comprehensive adaptation that, like, you know, maybe was even, like, a, a retelling of the story, maybe, mm. yes. But, like, I like for example, like, uh, I, I once read, this, there was this long-running fanfic called Transformers 2.0, and uh, I think it was written by a, a, a fanfic author named uh, P.D. North. And like it, it's a really good fanfic. Like, and it, it was out like ten years ago or whatever. And it, it it sought to be like sort of ultimate Transformers, where he retold like the whole like Transformers saga. Like, but like he tweaked things, he modernized things. You know, he you know, and it, it was good. I enjoyed reading it. And what he did when he got to like the movie era, like what he did was. He turned Thundercracker into Cyclonus and Skywarp into Scourge and the Insecticons into the Sweeps. And I always thought that made the most sense because, you know, Cyclonus and Scourge are, I mean, Cyclonus, uh, Thundercracker and Skywarp are Seekers. Insecticons are like, can make clones. And there's always, you know, it seems like there's always an infinite, infinite amount of sweeps. So like that always made sense to me. But so like, I mean, if they did something clever like that, but. I, I don't know, like, I, it, it would have to be on top of a bunch of other, like, changes and additions, and, like, you know, I, yeah, I'd have yeah. to... It, it, couldn't, it couldn't have just been a straight-up adaptation. It would have had to have been a reimagining of it or something. Skyrap. Skyrap, yep. Skyrap. Well, see, yes. like, that's, that's the thing. It's, like, he kind of subverted expectations in that fanfic because like people always say that Skywarp became Cyclonus. Right. But what he did was he made he made it Thundercracker became Cyclonus because what he did was he was kind of like like well Thundercracker had doubts in his cause. So when Unicron like transformed him into Cyclonus, he removed all those doubts and made Cyclonus mm -hmm. the most loyal one. And then and it's like Skywarp became Scourge because he's like, well, you know, Skywarp's sneaky, but he's not that intelligent. So then we made Scourge like, you know, intelligent and crafty and like sneaky. So like like you said, Derek, like this is like I hadn't revisited this probably since like, yeah, 2006, 2007. And like I was like, yeah, I remember not being so like thrilled with this and. Yeah, it doesn't even have like the nostalgia hook of, you know, the the Marvel like adaptation so yeah but i mean you know like we we obviously i mean i guess you know this is something that's pretty easy for us i mean in general the the transformers the movie you know for us to revisit i mean i'm, I'm sure we've seen the movie you know if not hundreds of times a, a, a lot of times right like so th this is something that we are you know, definitely passionate about and have a lot of love for. So, I mean, you know, kind of looking at these various interpretations of it can still kind of be fun and everything. So I don't, I don't want anybody to think we're getting too, uh, you know, we're harshing their mellow or whatever. If you, if you, if you really dug 
the the idw adaptation like that's fine like that's cool like i I, and and again like i i do i mean i have to be honest like i i think i i did definitely remember this more fondly so maybe you know i don't know if you've made it this far we probably ruined it already but you know like I don't know if you're just skipping around the the podcast and you're listening to this part at the end. Like maybe maybe don't revisit it. You know maybe keep those keep those uh, fond memories of, of of whatever you had about it. You know, I don't know. Is there? I mean, is there anything else like in terms of like now that they're doing, you know, a lot of the season three characters in in Kingdom and that kind of thing? Like, is there any other stuff that you you would want to see? I don't know. This is kind of like a weird well, question, was, but like, anything you'd want to see revisited from this this particular moment I, in time? Well, I, I was just about like I was kind of thinking along those lines where you know we've got the studio series like you know focusing on the 1986 movie characters and there are some in Kingdom and whatever, and I'm kind of like, what else can be squeezed from like Transformers the movie like that I would like want like or like like I mean. Like, do another animated adaptation of it? Do another comic book, like, adaptation of it? No, not really. Like, I mean, what what else could there be? Like, I mean, is there anything that, that would, like, appeal to you guys? Like, a oh, like, like version? Huh. Okay. So, like, a mirror universe thing with the the heroic Megatron uh, transforming into uh, Galvamus Prime or what? You know, well, like, they, they've that done that. Like oh, they should there there is a shattered glass like adaptation sort of of the movie like in the fan club comics mm-hmm. and I mean it's not completely of the movie but like like they 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 go into that era and it's like what happens is like Megatron like fights Optimus Prime and since like we're in shattered glass like Rodimus is like Optimus's treacherous lieutenant or whatever he gets Optimus killed by Megatron basically like on <laughs> purpose like and then like. You know, they toss Optimus and, like, Ironhide and some of their, like, his loyal generals, like, out of Skylinks. And Optimus is found by Primus. And Primus is evil in Shattered Glass. Or, or, or no, wait, uh, he, they're found by Unicron, but Unicron is good in Shattered Glass. So Unicron refashions, like, Shattered Glass Optimus into Nova Prime. And, like, he becomes a good guy, basically. So, but... Oh. Yeah, it, it was interesting. Like it's it's part it's in the fan club comics. I think they have like probably scans of them somewhere online. But okay. I mean, I I wouldn't be adverse to my stupid idea about like you know art books or you know getting you know like like the idea of you know doing doing something where it's like get a bunch of different artists. You know what what would a a Walt Simonson like Unicron look like or you, you know what I mean? Like get do something where it's like commission a bunch of guys and and maybe that's maybe that's a bad example because maybe walt simonson doesn't have as much passion you know maybe for him it'd be like bob budiansky where it's just a you know a job or something like that but maybe maybe fine industry people that have the same passion that transform you know like the the that we have or that other transformers fans have like somebody who's like you know i don't know like like you know I, i'm just talking out of my ass i don't know if this is the case or not but like if Brett booth was like dude i love transformers the movie well then then have him do something you know what i mean or have you know whoever it is like that i do says, i do oh. like your idea of like an art book or something you know like that that would be fun i mean you know the uh, i 
I want Rob Liefeld to draw Ravage Killing Chip Chase. Can I get that? <laughs> <laughs> commission it from him. Yeah. Mm. Does Rob Liefeld do commissions? Probably not. Does he? he? He does. I think, I mean, the last I saw, it was something ridiculous, like uh, a lot of money for like a little headshot or something. So I think Ravage Killing Chip Chase would, would, would be uh, m- more than it's worth, Justin. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's worth a lot to me. <laughs> well, start saving is all I'm saying. <laughs> start start saving up then, you know. Would Chip Chase be like ridiculous, ridiculously like buff and have buff. like man man boobs? His wheelchair would be made of pouches. Yeah. And he couldn't see his feet on the wheelchair. <laughs> uh that's true. How would he? How would he fake that? Because like you, you can't have a foothill if there's no if he's he's sitting down. Well, what if what if Ravage like murders him in front of a foothill, <laughs> or eats his feet first? I mean, I mean, come on now. Like we we know that's over exaggerated. Rob Liefeld's drawn a foot from time to time. Come on. No one's ever really disabled as long as he has. Don't you say legs? I I know you're gonna say legs. Legs still hurts to hear out loud. I mean, you know, so, something like that might be kind of fun. I mean, I don't know. I was trying to think of it like, like, w- would there be anything in terms of like, you know, something that I was always lacking when I was a kid that I might get a sense of nostalgia for is, and I, I, I wouldn't want it to be exactly like this, but like, what if there was like a, a, a Transformers Devastation version of the movie, or, or what if there was a you know, something along those lines where it was like, you know, Space Invaders, but with Gal- uh, Galvatron and Cyclonus or, you, you know what I mean? Like some, something like where it's like you, you could play some kind of game that tapped into some, some, you know, member berries or something like that. That's a good call, like a, a video game based on like the events of the movie. Like, yeah, that I'd, I'd like that. You know, some, something like where, oh, here's the, you know. Here, here's the scene, like, you know, just, you know, I mean, I mean, it could be, you know, something really rip offy as far as I'm concerned. Like, it, like, you know, that moment where you felt like super badass as Bruticus, like beating the shit out of people in, in the, what it was it, War for Cybertron? Like, just do the same thing, but with Devastata. You know what I mean? Like, where you, you combine into Devastata and you beat the shit out of Autobot City. And, you know, if you wanted to get really fanboy you you put all those season one Autobots that died in that level, and you murdered the shit out of Wheeljack and Windcharger and all those guys. You know what I mean? Like something like that. And you you can control Unicron at the end, like taking a bite out of the planet. Yeah, yeah. Like all, all at that. The begin- that could be the opening level. Is like you're Unicron, and you have to destroy Lithone. Basically. Yeah, yeah. You know th- things like that. You know, like you can. You can catch fish with Daniel and get bonus points to unlock, you know, like movie covers from from these limited series that we're talking about. Or something. Yeah. It's like one one part of the level is like you got to catch Daniel and he falls off his like jet board or his hoverboard or whatever. Yeah. But like if you miss, like Daniel just like bounces off off screen. Like you're like, oops. <laughs> It's it's like you know Daniel goes like all ragdoll physics and it's like wasted like like Grand Theft Auto or something. <laughs> Daniel has died. 
<laughs> well, speaking of that, like that'd be fun if you if you did like Optimus Prime, like Grand Theft Auto, where you're just driving around Autobot City, like running over Decepticons and stealing their lunch money, you know, shit like that. And go into the Autobot brothel to get like you know, yeah. <laughs> dude, Medbot, hook me up, you know, like yeah. But yeah, that's a good call, like a, a video game. That's what I want to see next about the movie. Okay. Okay. How about you, Justin? Anything anything else like besides what you, you had mentioned about like some kind of mirror thing? Or... No. I think I'm good. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I, I think I think this is wrapping up our discussion for the the thirty fifth anniversary, oh my god, I'm old, of Transformers the movie. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, uh, if you've enjoyed listening to Transformers Tuesdays, you can find the backlog of our episodes over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. If you're like, why do you keep trying to have Chip Chase murdered by Ravage? You can send <laughs> us angry, angry emails to fanholespodcast.gmail.com. Uh, we are on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. We can be found on all kinds of streaming. We're on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, uh, and Amazon Music. And I think that covers everything. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, Ba Weep Drana Weep Nitty Bong, signing off. This is Mike, and this is Bad Comedy. This is Justin, signing off. Tranex, nya! Aye! Aye! Famous last marvelous. words from Ultra Magnus. Aye!
Willis had a full Transformers universe profile, and that's all he does. And like <laughs> them is just go I and die. Wonder if they're ever going to get to that point in like Transformers and Studio Series '86 and making a Cranix and an Arbalus. I'd buy a Cranix. I, I know there's like a little Cranix like mini figure that comes with that like Quintazon pit like oh. set, but oh, wasn't there one that was like a Minicon planet or something? Yeah, I think so. But like a, like a full transforming Cranix into a spaceship. He has to come with like uh, science beakers and shit. Yeah, yeah, a plate of science beakers. I guess cool. they could make. I guess they could make Marvel Legends um, Spike and Daniel. Mm. They could, but they won't. But they won't. And they probably shouldn't. They should make a Marvel Legends circuit breaker. I mean, they they do own the rights to that. Mm. Mm. They should make a Marvel Legends Death's Head one. Yeah, I know. I'm still waiting on that. But what about Robot Master? Donnie Finkelberg. W- what about the mechanic, Mike? Yeah. What about the mechanic? And, and the mechanic. And Charlene, the cowgirl. It was mm. like Skid's girlfriend. I'm still get, I'm, I'm get, disappointed. Can we, get a, can we get a Robot Master Charlene Mechanic 3-pack? Yes. And then, and then Circuit Breaker can be like a Target exclusive, and everyone can like no one can find her. Yeah, every everyone can can uh, scalp it uh, right out of the the fucking box or whatever. Technically, we already have a GB Blackrock figure because you know Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, I think he has like a Creo figure at least. Chief Blackrock, he's the guy. <laughs> Circuit breaker lost her legs and <laughs> fell in an oil accident. Blah blah blah. Hates those robots. It's circuit breaker. <laughs> She's all cray cray. Circuit breaker. Mm. I'm all cray cray. Circuit breaker. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> like she's got her arms out and it's like you know like, like the end of iron man it's like circuit breaker like, <sighs> <laughs> earlier today um i you know what like you you posted that like fan thunderbolts poster oh yeah, yeah, yeah you know like yeah. how i said like you know well, what's what, what's a john bernthal like on the cell phone or whatever <laughs> like well like i i sent that to my friend and like i said hey what, like they couldn't get a better like picture of john bernthal and like yeah we were just like it, like we went on a whole like thing like that like <laughs> I hate William Hurt. Ah, ah. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, my, my buddy was like, what is he like? You know, like, is this like the new millennial Punisher or whatever? Like he kills a bunch of mobsters and he like, like Instagrams it or something or he live tweets it. Like just yeah. killed a bunch of Italian mobsters. LOL. Like what? You couldn't find a picture of him with a gun or something like yeah. he got, he got E.T. special editioned. Yeah. Maybe it's like, he has like a kind of neutral expression when he's on the phone, but maybe when he has the gun, he has the <laughs> expression, you know. Oh, oh, in loving memory of Stanley. <laughs> that that's literally how that ended, right? Yeah, I know. Like I made a gif. <laughs> I made a gif of it. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Punish a man.
Blankets. I didn't create them at all. <laughs> Gasp, shock, disbelief. It's like, Mr. Lee, who would win, Punisher or Wolverine? Who the hell are either of those characters? I didn't make either of them. The Hulk would stomp on both of their asses. <laughs> 